What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing on a Thursday? Today is August 11th. What's going on out there? How's your week so far? On today's show, it is Storytime Thursday. Going to talk about uh, an interesting article that uh, came out recently on ESPN talking about the uh, the market changing in terms of more player props being bet. Apparently, there's, there's a lot more people, younger people, betting player props. So we'll talk about why that is, how it started, where it's going. It's really interesting. Um, Thrive Fantasy is a friend of the show, and Thrive Fantasy actually specializes in player props. So if you like to bet player props and you like what we talk about on today's show, I highly recommend sign up with Thrive Fantasy. You're going to make more money and have more fun by betting with them. I guarantee it. No one. I haven't heard one complaint from anyone who I've sent over there. They all love it. And uh, I, I promise you will too, especially if you like player props. That's Thrive Fantasy. Uh, put in promo code SBD for a deposit match up to 100 bucks. Thrive Fantasy promo code SBD. You're going to love betting those player props there. All right, so let's uh, talk about how player props started because player props have not been a thing for you know that long compared to how long sports betting has been around. Uh, sports betting has been around for decades and decades and decades and player props go back to the mid-80s. The very first player prop that was ever offered was in the 1986 Super Bowl. Art Manteris, one of the biggest bookmakers in Las Vegas history, decided to offer Will William the Refrigerator Perry score a touchdown. Now, the refrigerator, the fridge, uh, Will Perry was a lineman. He played... Uh, he, it was kind of a gimmicky thing that you put in this huge dude. He would score a couple touchdowns throughout the season, but it was for, you know certainly more gimmicky. It was usually when the Bears were up by you know a whole bunch of points. They would line him up at fullback, you know, as a lead blocker, and sometimes getting the ball. So anyway, Art Manteris decided to put up Will William the Refrigerator Perry score a touchdown, and the odds were forty to one. Shortly after Art Manteris put this up, uh. Jimmy Vaccaro, who's still a very you know renowned bookmaker in Vegas, uh, put it up at his shop at I think it was Caesars at the time, and uh, that was the first prop. So people kind of lo- they loved it. They 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 bought into it. They got a lot of money bet on Will William the refriger uh, the refrigerator Perry score a touchdown, and it sort of became a new thing. And every year after that, they added more and more props. Uh, a great book called Then One Day by Chris Andrews, who currently works at the South Point in Las Vegas as the uh, uh, book manager. Uh, I believe that's his title. But either way, he's got a good book called uh, Then One Day. Talks about bookmaking, the history of Las Vegas. And in that book, he talks about this very uh, prop, but also talks about the coin toss because it was only a couple years after this that uh, Chris Andrews decided to offer a coin toss bet, heads or tails. And the VIG on the first ever coin toss bet was minus 120 going each way. Uh, the way he put it in his book, uh, he said something like, if you were that dumb to bet on a coin toss, I was going to make you bet into a 40-cent line. <laughs> so it was like, if you want to bet a coin toss that bad, find someone else who wants the other side and bet it VIG free. Now, why do you want to bet 20 grand on a coin toss at a Super Bowl? But either way, that's sort of the history of, of uh, player props. And, or just props in general. And then it sort of took off in the, I mean, within the last decade. What helped this take off was FanDuel DraftKings introducing these DFS style contests, you know, whatever that was years and years ago. 
And so part of the fascination for player props actually stems from that. There's a lot of people, a whole generation of people that grew up playing DFS. And so that's how they know to, to quote unquote bet these games is to do it in the form of player props. Now, in 2019, this article uh, says that in 2019, by the way, this article is on ESPN. Let me pull it up real quick. It is by... Do, 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 do. Um, it is by David Perdum, and it's called The Future of NFL Betting, Why Player Props Are Expected to Be King. And in this article, they talk about how in 2019, uh, Points Bet, which is a uh, sports book, uh, their first year in the U.S. market, 80%, 8 80% of NFL bets were on the point spread, the over-under, uh, or the money line. Okay, the three sort of core markets, while only 20% were on player props. But they're looking at more of a 50-50 split as we progress into the uh, you know, 2022, 2023, so on and so forth. So think about that. Eight out of 10 bets a couple years ago were on the main markets. Now it's 50-50. And if it keeps going that way, obviously trending that way, it's going to be eventually the majority of bets will be on player props. So I'm not I'm not here to actually say this is a good or bad thing. I believe it's a good thing if you specialize in player props, if you know how to break that down, if you know how to price certain things, by all means, focus on that. I think specialization and focus is, is a good thing. Now, I won't do this. Player props is not one of my specialties. Um, I'll occasionally bet a player prop, just like I'll occasionally bet an MLB game, but I have to have overwhelming evidence that's the right bet. So for me, this isn't the direction I'm going to be moving, but I, th- I don't think it's a, a bad thing at all. If you specialize in this, you've got a niche for this, you've got an understanding for how this works. I think it's, it's, it's a great thing for a lot of people to focus on. And if you are a younger better and you're just now turning 21 in a lot of these states where it's legal... You may have grown up with DFS. You may have grown up playing fantasy sports. So if you specialize in that and you know that, great. I think that's that's awesome. It's not good or bad. It, it, it's good or bad. Or here, it's good if you specialize, you're good at it, you always want to learn, and you always want to grow. You know, you, you kind of understand that there's always more to be to be learned, but you understand it. That's good. It's bad if you want to force it. Right. If I read this article, I go, oh, no, there's a lot of money going to these markets. I want to keep up You know, with these markets. I want to. That's a bad thing. Forcing yourself to bet this just because a lot of other people are. That's not a good approach. I'm not sure there's some, a lot of people doing that, but I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, this article goes on to say there's other sports books that are seeing similar trends. FanDuel, uh, which began obviously as a DFS company, said younger customers ages 21 to 34 tend to bet on the, quote, player narrative rather than teams especially in increasingly popular same-game parlays. I do want to talk about this for a second. A big reason that this article states as to why player props are being bet more and more are because of the emergence of same-game parlays. Now, quickly, I want to talk about the history of same-game parlays and why they exist now. Same-game parlays for the entirety of sports betting were not allowed. And it's very simple why. One word. Correlation. And all correlation means is that if A and B are correlated, if B happens, the likeliness of A happening increases. And this all came to be discovered decades ago when people were allowed to parlay certain things like the first half over with the game over. Now think about that. If the over-under for the game is 40, that means roughly the over-under for the first half is going to be 20, and these are rough numbers. If you got a problem with them, whatever, I don't care. So over-under for the game is 40, over-under for the first half is 20. 
Well, if they if if the first half hits the over, the likeliness of the over in the second half hitting or the game hitting is greatly increased, right? If the over unders for the game is forty, the over under for the first half is twenty, and they score thirty one points in the first half. You've won your first half bet, and the likelihood of you hitting your second half bet are greatly increased, right? So some people would be able to parlay those together, like the the seventies and eighties. Can you just imagine that? Isn't that crazy, right? So then sports books were quick to say, "Uh, no, can't do that, can't do that because they're correlated, right?" But now there's more nuanced ways of doing this. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, if there is a team, let's just say there's a handicap where there's a very good offensive team and a very good defensive team. Well, we may say in that handicap if there's a high-scoring game, the offensive team has a better chance of winning, right? They're going to win more often. And if it's a low-scoring game, the defensive team has a better chance of winning. So what may, some people may do is parlay together the offensive team in the over or the defensive team in the under, okay? So that's one way of kind of finding hidden correlation, but sports books only a couple years ago stopped allowing those as well. Uh, another way to look at correlation is, let's say it's the NFL Week 17, final week of the regular season. And let's say the Broncos and Chiefs have the same record, but the Broncos have the tiebreaker. And the Chiefs play the morning game, Broncos play Sunday Sunday afternoon. Well, what you may see is if the Chiefs lose that game, the Broncos would lock up the AFC West. They may then rest their starters. So what some savvy sports bettors may do is you bet Kansas City to lose, or excuse me, Kansas City to lose and Denver to lose. Because if Kansas City loses, the likeliness of Denver losing or great, the likeliness of Denver losing is greatly increased. You understand how there's different things we can find in correlation for sports betting, even in different markets. So my point here is same game parlays exist because sports books for years, they didn't allow any of those bets. But they said, you know, people really want to make these parlays in the same game. What if we just screw them over? by cutting their profit you know, by 20-25%, and we'll let them bet same-game parlays. So if you would bet a normal same-game parlay, and you bet, let's say, 100 to win 200, collect 300, the sportsbooks say, fine, you want to make that bet, that's fine, but we're going to pay you, instead of 200, we'll pay you 170. It's like, that greatly affects... Well, you know, I, I, I don't make same-game parlays for that very reason. The payout is laughably bad, but a lot of people out there, a lot of the public like to make same game parlays because it's more juice. It's more action. You've got a parlay ga- a parlay going and the same game. It looks like it's worth it because the, the issue for the average sports better out there that impacts me that may not impact you is if I see a bet where the payout should be plus 800 and it's plus 700, that's a horrible payout for me. Okay. Over the long run, I will bleed my money dry because that's a bad bet. It's a negative EV bet. But a lot of you out there, and I'm not trying to criticize, I'm just telling the truth. A lot of the public, they don't care whether it's plus 800 or plus 700. They put in 10 bucks, they're going to win $70. They don't care if they win 70 or 80. So there's no price sensitivity. That's why same game parlays are so popular. And I said I wasn't going to make it a huge thing, kind of made it a decent thing. But that's my feeling on same game parlays. Those are not good. I'm not here today to say focusing on player props is bad, but I am here to say, to, today to say if you focus on same game parlays, that's uh, very, very, uh, you know, it's not a profitable way to approach things. So back to the article. Um, where was I? Uh, for decades, it says uh, here in the article, for decades in most states, 
fantasy contests, and this is what I talked about, were the uh, only legal way to risk money on sports things and sports games. So that's why the younger generation has focused so much on player props. And I, I think that's actually understandable, makes sense, and it's that's fine. Uh, the stars generate the most interest. Like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, these guys get the most money uh, routinely bet on them. But the bookmakers say it's those underknown guys that give them the most headaches. Because if you get a backup tight end who no one knows or uh, a backup receiver, the odds to score the first touchdown can often be a thorn in the side of the sports books. Now, let's talk about odds to score a first touchdown. Because I'm sure a lot of people listening have made the bet. And the reason I know this is because it is the single most popular bet of any player prop in the NFL. As a matter of fact, for the Super Bowl this past season, more money at points bet, this is just a points bet, more money was bet on Cooper Cup. Not everyone puts together to score the first touchdown. More money was collectively bet on Cooper Cup to score the first touchdown than was bet on the point spread at points bet. So think about that. Points bet as a, as a, as a sports book took in more money for Cooper Cup to score the first touchdown, and I think the odds were only like four or five to one, then they took on the Rams uh, minus three and a half or the Bengals plus three and a half. That is crazy to me, but it's not crazy to the sports books. It's not crazy to a lot of people out there, and that's the way things are moving. So I think it's very interesting, and I think it's very fascinating that a lot of you out there are focusing on player props. I didn't realize this until, because I don't see a lot of where that ancillary uh, money goes right in the, in the market. I I, I kind of focus on point spreads, totals. I don't look and see how much money is being bet on, you know, Aaron Judge to to strike out. So it's fascinating that a lot of you out there are focusing on it, and I think that's a great thing if you find an avenue or you find something that you can exploit. So overall, it's really interesting. Again, if you want to bet player props, check out Thrive Fantasy. Put in promo code SBD for that deposit match up to 100 bucks. That does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow, probably with some soccer picks, right here on Sports Betting Daily.